So one of the last main causes of possession or demonic infestation of a home or having them in your life, you know, it's not even really a cause more than it is a coincidence or a question. The Warrens have said too that there are connections sometimes with ancestry and that possibly there's some sort of genetic connection that maybe your mother was possessed and then later on in life you become possessed. But remember, there are different ways that these things can come into your life whether you invited them or not. Something bad could have happened to you as a child. There's also what we know about spirit and the other side in our own lives and our own life path. So coming into this life, being born, there could be reasons why, like Emily Rose, you gave permission to something to harm you or haunt you. Maybe so you can bring a greater awareness to the world that these things exist. Or possibly there's something to do karmically with what's happening to you or possibly something you had done in a past lifetime. I'm not, I don't even want to get into this, but there's so much that could blow your mind about these things. There's an idea out there as well that heaven and hell exist in this plane. This is just one theory of thought that you're currently living your life here as a human being on earth and hell is here and heaven is here. It's just all about choice on your path. So this is just, again, one, one, one theory out there. So let's say something bad happens to somebody and there's a karmic reason. If you think about the ideas of heaven and hell, like in hell, you're going to be punished for things that you have done wrong. But with reincarnation, it's a little different. You're not just dying and going to hell. You're being reborn again, having to deal with the karma of your past lives and trying to better yourself. And this can get extremely tricky when you start learning about the Hindu beliefs of reincarnation because you end up sometimes you fall into this place that's like dark inertia they call it where you just get lost and you can't seem to pull yourself out and your soul just you know it's like every lifetime you're not getting better you just you really need to work on becoming a better person so there could be a connection genetically with the demonic but on some level your soul chose to be born to your mother knowing that that would be part of your journey. So there's something about that journey that you need to choose to change, okay? So remember, you have the power to get rid of these things. No one can do it for you. Yes, we can cast them out, but why do you hear stories of people, even the Warrens and Roman Catholic priests worked with being possessed over and over and over again and needing exorcisms over and over and over again. It's because at some level that person has allowed it to come back, has allowed it back in. So yes, you can cast it out maybe for somebody, but does it mean it's going to stay gone forever? Not unless that person on a subconscious soul level wants it gone. But when there's any sort of intrigue or missing it or curiosity or anything that's going to draw it back, it will come back. So yes, I am giving you the prayer of exorcism, but know that unfortunately, every human being has their own soul that makes their own soul choices at their own soul level. So you can only help people as much as you can and don't get down on yourself if you can't control everything. But if you don't study these things enough, you really need help, like divine intervention help. 
do not do this stuff on your own. I caution you with this. It can bring a lot on your plate that you don't want because let's say you go and you try to exercise something for somebody and you're just going to make that demon more angry because you don't know what you're doing. So just really use these things as a way to bless homes. Try to get rid of the negative energy that is lower level. Evil spirits, wicked low level. You can get rid of those really quick. It's the upper level demonic that you seriously need help with and that you don't want to mess with. Because at that point, you are engaging. You are choosing to engage. So you could be hurt. So I'm just warning you and throwing it out there before you use any of this. <laughs> but I am giving you this prayer because I think that it's nice that it has been shared with others and that you can use it if you ever really, truly feel like you need it and you can't get help as soon as you'd like. Let's just we'll put it that way. So I will be giving you the prayer of exorcism and as well as the prayer of St. Michael. And I'll have that additional video where I'll be reading through a couple of Psalms. And you can do house blessings for other people. Blessings are just really nice. Um, it's a good housewarming gift. You can buy people their own sage or their smudge sticks and teach them how to do it, especially if they're not religious. So it is just really, it's good practice to just be mindful of clearing your space and trying to stay in a high vibrational energy surrounded by beautiful white light that will naturally get rid of all the negative Going back to the juju here, get rid of the juju. Just send it right away because you don't need any of that in your life. Only positive. There's enough evil on this world that you have to deal with on a daily. So you just don't want any of that. Just you want to have nice dreams at night, not be plagued by negativity and be free to just live your soul journeys and only welcome happiness along the way and light and love. I also forgot to say as well that this is from Ralph Sarchi and Lisa Collier Cool's book. I had mentioned this in the cemetery video, Deliver Us From Evil, because Ralph had worked with the Warrens and the forward of this book was written by Bishop Robert McKenna, who had worked with the Warrens as well and had performed exorcisms. And he was the bishop at Our Lady of the Rosary Chapel in Monroe, Connecticut, where the Warrens had gone. And what was interesting in his perspective from the forward of this book was basically where all of this stuff started coming into being. And, and this is his words, and I'm just gonna read this to you before I do the prayer of exorcism. In nine out of 10 cases, the victim of demonic oppression has had connection directly or indirectly with witchcraft, open or disguised. This connection ranges from the possession of superstitious artifacts. Remember, cursed objects, not that this is, but you want to stay away from those. Don't antique. Let's go uh, new age minimalist safe. Safety first, kids. All right, let me go back. This connection ranges from the possession of superstitious artifacts such as Ouija boards. No. Say no to Ouija. Evil. You open a door. And worst of all, if a lot of people don't know this, they think burning the Ouija board is the way to go. Nope. 
you open that portal forever when you burn it, folks. You just want to get it rid, get rid of it. Leave out of the house as fast as you can. If you can bury it on consecrated ground, even better, get rid of it. Not good. I'll give you a Ouija story at some point. Really scary. Everybody has scary Ouija stories, but this deals with a Ouija board that wasn't really a board. It was a decoration. So anything that has Ouija on it, the intent there is that it's opening a door and you don't know what's on the other side. So no Ouija boards. And that's exactly what Bishop Robert McKenna is saying as well, that people with Ouija boards, that's honestly the way that the demonic, you're inviting it in. Remember I said those are the hardest cases to get rid of. You did it inadvertently, but sometimes you're just curious and they take hold of that curiosity. So no occult practices to try to get dark things into your life. So harmless charms and outright satanic rituals. Satanism itself has been accepted as a religion, like we talked about, love And there is even a Bible of Satan. Those who seek knowledge and power outside the order instituted by God seek it from his enemy and stand for their correction to be handed over to his power and suffer the consequences. What I found interesting about this was this book had an extremely profound effect on my life. What was most interesting was the way that this book came into my life. So I'll give you the long and the short of this, but this is where was it fate that this book came into my life when it did. This was definitely a book that had helped me a lot too with learning. So it's really good to learn from other people's experiences. But long story short, how this book came into my life was I went into a Barnes and Noble in Connecticut and I was searching for Holy Blood, Holy Grail that I was going to buy for a friend that I worked with in the library. She liked Dan Brown books and he basically lifted the Da Vinci Code from Holy Blood, Holy Grail plagiarism. So I figured if she liked the Da Vinci Code, she'd like Holy Blood, Holy Grail. So I went into this Barnes Noble. It wasn't like super big. It was one floor. Usually, you know, Barnes Noble could be two floors. So I walked in and I went over to the sections like religion and new age to see if I could find the book. And it was quite popular at the time. So I had gotten my own copy from Barnes and Noble. And this was, you know, again, before like Amazon became super big. Anyway, I went in looking for the book. Um, in the meantime, <laughs> I walked by the New Age section. This was around Christmas. I try not to buy stuff for myself. It ends up happening. I try not to. So I walk by and this book is on display. You know, I'm in the New Age section, Deliver Us From Evil. And it's, there are tons of books on display. But for some reason, reason like this one was calling to me. So I went over and I took it off the shelf and I kind of flipped through it and I was like, oh my God. And then I had never heard of Ralph Sarchi before, but I, at one point I flipped through and I saw something about the Warrens, like something that he had said that he had learned from the Warrens. So that intrigued me. But I put the book back down because I was like, I'll get it another time. Like it's not anything I really need right now. So I'm looking and I'm looking for Holy Blood, Holy Grail. In the meantime, like there's a book on the demonic and I'm like, oh my God, I need to get this one. I need to stop buying for myself. But it was all about demonology and names of demons. And when you are actually at the point where you're ready to aid in these situations, knowing a demon's name is only good to gain power over it. It's not good like how Lorraine tried to keep it out of 
her audience's minds because you don't really want to know the demon's real names. But knowing which demons are causing the problems is really helpful if you go into this field of work. And that's actually what Ralph Sarchi calls it, the work. Dealing with helping people with demonic infestation. But again, tread softly. I think that's the phrase. And carry a big crucifix because you really don't want to get into this stuff if you don't know what you're doing or you haven't experienced it in your own life firsthand because that scares the living bejesus out of you. That'll scare you enough. So anyway, I had this book on demonology and I was, you know, going to go ask the person at the desk that, you know, where I was going to go pay if they could order Holy Blood, Holy Grail because I couldn't find it or if they knew where it was. So on my way back when I was going to go pay for the demonology book, this book was, again, sitting on display and it was just calling to me. Again, not that I needed it, but I figured I just felt like I had to have it. So I grabbed this book too. So I went up to pay and I put down this book and the book on demonology and the guy just kind of gave me a look and I'm used to this stuff. You know, like people think, especially back in the day, you think you're cray cray, you're a little bit nuts. Like what the hell is this girl doing with a book on demonology and deliver us from evil? And she's looking up Holy Blood, Holy Grail. But this was different. When you start using your discernment and you start feeling other people's energies, this was not a good energy that this helper behind the desk had. I think that his demeanor, like everything sort of changed about him and he was giving me attitude about Holy Blood, Holy Grail when I asked him to look it up for me to see if they could order it through Barnes and Noble and I'd come pick it up. I forgot how this all played out because it was about five years ago, but he was definitely not wanting me around. He didn't want to help me. He was very rude. Uh, I ended up ordering the book myself later on at home, but I, it wasn't so much him being rude because I can deal with that. Everybody's on their own path. I respect all of that. It was something about him not liking that I was looking up these things because I think the, the difference with the demonology book was the demonology book was in reference to exorcisms. So if this person were involved with occult practices and he could sense my energy, if he could, he would know that I'm against all of that. So like I would be the one that would be fighting it, you know? So I think that's why I met with opposition with this worker, which was weird. I've only come in contact a few times with people that I really felt have a darkness about them and almost like a feeling that they themselves practice Satan worship. And I got that from this man. So I was a little creeped out, you know, after leaving with my books. So I went home and I was looking for, it was a Friday night, and I was looking for something to watch on TV. So I was looking at pay-per-view and seeing what movies I could rent. Lo and behold, they made this book into a movie. Not just any movie. But a movie with a little eye candy like Eric Bana, he plays Ralph Sarchi. And it was like, I was like, oh my God. So I got the book not knowing that there was a movie, but I forgot what happened. Like either I had to order the movie ahead of time or the movie wasn't available and they were just previewing it. So I could only watch the trailer, but they were going to make it available like the next day or something. So I couldn't watch the movie but I really wanted to because for some reason I was drawn to the book, but I couldn't. 
So I kept looking through pay-per-view to see if there was anything else I wanted to watch. And at the same time, this is so weird how things in the universe just sort of come together. Not that I've been doing tarot like my whole life and different types of cards, but my friend owned a shop and she had one of her readers that was teaching tarot card lessons. So I went in there and it was more like, it was pretty good because it was a lot of history in, in regards to the tarot and to the different decks that existed through the years. And when I was going through the classes, I had class on Wednesday, this was Friday. And on Wednesday, he started talking about Aleister Crowley and Aleister Crowley's deck and obviously not painting him as a good man at all. It was weird because I had heard of Crowley, but like, I didn't know much about him. You know, I wasn't like really well researched. Again, the way that I research things, it's just something that comes up and then all of a sudden I'll really want to learn more. Again, research and study is really good on your spiritual journey. But maybe it wasn't the right time for me in previous years to study Aleister Crowley. So it was, I didn't know anything about him. He just kind of asked if I had heard about him and I said, yeah, but I didn't really know anything about him. So when that happened, that Wednesday night or Thursday night, I had a dream with Aleister Crowley in it. And I had never met him, obviously, but I had never really known anything about him. And the, the teacher really, you know, again, wasn't saying like Crowley was a good person at all. He was just using him as a historical reference in regards to his deck. So... It was weird because I had a dream and Aleister Crowley had approached me and said something about how he wanted me to use his deck. So I had told the tarot card teacher this as well and he had basically cautioned me against obviously that because why would I be approached by Aleister Crowley in a dream? And your dream state is really where the other side is allowed to contact you. Many times you're just out of body anyway and you're off experiencing things with them so you're more likely to have had that conversation with Al Aleister Crowley. So long story short, how does that connect with Deliver Us From Evil? So I'm still looking for something to watch on Friday night and there was a documentary on Crowley's life. Now I everybody has their own opinions. You can have your own opinions about these things. Whatever really was true about him doesn't really matter but the movie that I watched. There were a couple of different documentaries that I later watched as well because I feel like there are two versions of Crowley that are being portrayed. There's the one that calls him the beast and that he's this evil man, but there's another version of documentaries that you might find out there where Crowley is just learning about religions and travels the world because he's in search of a greater knowledge. So, yes, he made mistakes along the way, like anybody on their spiritual journey, but he was on a spiritual quest to enlightenment at one point. So there are different ways that you can take Aleister Crowley. You know, everybody has their own opinions. I just always, I need to get back to researching some of this to see how I feel about some of this. But I do know that just like the idea of conspiracy theories, that the CIA had come up with that phrase, conspiracy theory because they were just trying to cover things that were true. So I know from other things that I've listened to with personal encounters with Crowley and people that had left the Masons, that Crowley had been approached at one point by, I believe the Masons, somebody had shown up at his door in the early stages and sort of laid into him and was like, how do you know all this information? This is secret. This is stuff that only people in our sect know and all of this stuff. And Crowley was just like, because Crowley had been teaching 
or sharing out information he was learning himself. But the Masons were threatened thinking that Crowley knew. How did Crowley know some of this stuff? So I do think that there's a chance that Alistair Crowley was painted as something more evil than he really was because the real evil people that are at the top ladders, the 99th rung or whatever in the hell it is of the Masons, they and the Satan worshipers and all that jazz, they don't want people learning, exploring, using discernment, going on their own spiritual journeys and discovering things on their own because they like having a hold on all of the knowledge that there is. So getting back to this, I just think that Crowley's been painted in different lights. The first documentary I watched instead of watching Deliver Us from Evil on Crowley's life painted him in an extremely bad light. And at the end of his life, he was approached by a man who had basically told him, Crowley, I've been shown a vision, two visions of our futures. And in one vision, good wins. And then he says in this other vision, you help me write a book, the Book of Shadows, a book for witchcraft or Satan worship too. But I guess I haven't read it. It's something that, again, you just sort of want to keep away from yourself because you're inviting something dark into your life. But this man had asked Crowley to help him write it. Whether Crowley did or not, I don't even know. I mean, this all could be made up. It could be under the guise of the conspiracy theory. But anyway, long story short, he could have helped him. So they published this book of shadows. There was a huge, like, I guess Wicca just really just opened up and everybody started becoming Wiccans. So it's interesting because I watched this Crowley documentary instead of the movie Deliver Us From Evil on the same night that I felt compelled to buy Deliver Us From Evil. And on Saturday, I went to the gym and I started reading it because, again, a little light gym reading. Super fun. Yeah, scare everybody away. So (laughs) I started reading this at the gym. And what I found extremely interesting is like the forward is the very beginning. And Bishop Robert McKenna has said, Today more than ever, along with the ever-expanding abyss of immorality engulfing the world, is a deluge of preternatural demonic infestation. The devil's hand in immorality is on the ordinary level. Satan is the standard bearer of sinners, but the demonic infestation involves his invasion of mind and body. When I was ordained some 40 years ago, diabolical obsession and possession of people was almost unheard of. So that was like 40 years ago. He's saying he was ordained. I didn't look this up. But if the book was, say, published around 2000, 1999, written 1998, somewhere around there, we're putting ourselves back around the 1950s. And that's about the same time, the Book of Shadows. Yeah, so Crowley died in 1947. I'm not sure the original publication date of the Book of Shadows, but it was the end of his life when he was approached by this man that asked him to write, help him write the Book of Shadows. So that would have been around the same time, close to the same time that Bishop Robert McKenna was becoming a priest or a bishop. He said back then there really wasn't a lot of possession in the world. Something the average priest, even though ordained an exorcist, would hardly encounter in his lifetime. Something confined to the theology textbooks, 
But today, for those who have eyes to see, it is almost commonplace. So what Bishop Robert McKenna was getting at was obsession and possession and infestation all just sort of started spreading and becoming unbearable with the rise of Wicca and, you know, open, more open, I would say, Satan worship practices in the world after Crowley died, uh, probably close to after. Um, so if it was around like the 1950s, remember the Church of Satan became public in 1966. And for people that were rich and famous and Hollywood elites that all attended this church, you know, that those are people that people look up to, as well as people that have grandchildren today that are actors and actresses and who knows what kind of practices they grew up with secretly behind the scenes. So I found that very interesting that the connection that Bishop McKenna was making with the onset of what Crowley may have been a part of starting is very interesting with how it all came into play with me within a certain amount of days including watching the Crowley documentary, not knowing much about him at all. The night I was going to watch Deliver Us From Evil, the night I got the book and then reading about it the next day. There was also a connection. I'm not going to say what it was, but I had found something else out about my family that same Saturday that I had never known, never known. This was the same side of the family that I was born into the home where we had demonic entities in the house. I'm not going to say exactly what it was, but it was a huge connection to this book. So I really felt like the other side was bringing this book into my life at the right moment. And there were just way too many signs and connections for it not to have been something I needed to read. So just know, again, that's how spirit's going to communicate with you. Go with your gut, your instinct. If you're feeling drawn to something more than once, it's probably for a reason. And when you start reading this stuff, especially because I had also suggested the demonologist, another light gym read, take it in stride. So again, with what Lorraine was saying, sometimes when you go down, you start learning about demonology and you start learning about the dark stuff, you don't want to just make that negativity your life. So you don't wanna just read that book cover to cover. I took it by chapter, and when I give that book to people, the demonologist, I tell them the same thing. You know, maybe take it a chapter at a time, wait a couple of days, wait a week, and then go back to it. That's why it was good gym reading for me, because I could read maybe a half an hour and then just stop. So it's, again, you don't want to manifest or call anything, thinking about things and, you know, just negative, negative. You want to be able to learn. I'm not saying reading the book, you're going to call anything into your life, but it might be scary if you haven't studied this stuff or know what's real and what's not real. But I will tell you that a lot of what you read and a lot of what you see in movies is based in some sort of element of truth for varying reasons. So when you start reading about the Warrens and some of their cases and their investigations and the demonologist, you'll start making those connections. Just don't let your thoughts overcome you. And if you are Christian or religious in any other way, go back to your religion and pray. So if you start feeling something dark, you start like thinking dark thoughts, put the book aside for a while and go to God and some of those psalms that I'm going to give you and 
you know, flip through the Bible and see what speaks to you. Remember, your angels and your guides are with you all of the time. And if you were ever scared in the slightest, ask Archangel Michael to be with you. Ask God to be with you. Ask Jesus to be with you. And they will always be there. Hey everyone, Liz Lovegood here. Check out our new Zazzle store at zazzle.com slash store slash connected 5D. I'll leave it in the description as a link for you to click on. Check out our new My Soul, My Choice, My Life, My Choice, and My Freedom, apparel for both men and women with much more to come. So like I said, check it out. All items related to topics that you're listening to here on Connected 5D's podcast. Thank you for listening. Okay, take comfort in that. They're always there. So I know I said that I wasn't going to knock any sort of religious belief on this channel, but I will say that because again, everybody's on their own path. Everybody's on their own soul journey to each his own. But I will say what I find extremely interesting is the connection between religions and beliefs and people that are extremely connected to the other side. And I know I joke and I bring up Teresa Caputo all the time, but what I appreciate about her, she sets her limits with what she knows from the other side. But she does say that, you know, there is one God. And when you start learning from other entities good entities and when we start talking about the galactic federation of light which is brought up actually i'll just bring that up right now if you think about the galactic federation of light if you haven't heard of them they're a group of beings and the way i describe them to people are like they're like the un but a good un not a bad tainted un a good un of the universe so jesus is a part of the galactic federation of light many human souls are a part of the federation as well as good entities. So again, remember, take in what you believe, let everything else go, you don't have to believe this. But if you do start hearing about this, the thing is, is when you start learning about the good alien beings or the good light beings or other entities, they're all gonna say the same thing. They There's one God and it's the God creator. And anybody who's truly a medium and connected to the other side will tell you the same thing. There's the God creator, God, one. And it's, I'll talk to you more about this too because I think I'm going to do another video a little bit on disclosure. But just remember, again, going back to whatever religious belief you are, but I'm going to stick with Christianity here because it's my base. But God created us in his image. So keep that in mind. So a lot of these beings like the Palladians and the Syrians and the good, the good light beings that are out there, they're created in God's image. That's what you have to remember, that good, we're all of God. And if you're not there yet with believing in other entities, and there are good and bad, and this is, again, take what you want to believe, because everybody's saying something different, but there are good and bad on both sides, just like there's the demonic and the angelic. So if you can wrap your head around the fact that I am not an angel and I am a human being, that God created both Liz, the human being, and the Archangel Michael, who's very different in form and in dimension and ability than Liz, the 3D human body, as well as Liz, the, the soul, then you might be able to wrap your head around the fact that God created other entities and we are all in it together. But the Galactic Federation of Light 
they've helped us throughout the years tremendously. It helped the planet, helped people. They are upper level beings that you can ask for help as well. So, but again, stick to what you're comfortable with. If it's the Archangel Michael or just Jesus himself alone. Hey, I'm a personal fan of Moses. Love that guy. So I don't know why. I swear. I, I think I, I was there. <laughs> so I am good with him. But you you pick whoever you're comfortable with in asking for help. So just know that there are lots of beings out there that are protecting us and that are with us. But yeah, getting back to religion, I'm trying not to knock anything because even when you start studying mythologies, especially if you read the Book of Enoch, it's different books that were not included in the Bible. You start learning about how similar these gods actually were and the stories and that possibly they were just known by different names in different areas. And does it mean gods as in our creator god? No, they are different. So if primitive people came in contact with the Archangel Michael and the devil, they might see those two as gods because they have the abilities to do things that those primitive people can't do. The idea is that collectively, many people, whether you believe in alien beings, entities, angelic beings, Christianity, whatever faith you have other than a faith that doesn't acknowledge one creator God, that most do. Most, it's so interesting when you start studying evangelical beliefs, Catholic beliefs, and then people that believe in entities and how they're all getting the same information. Why? Because we are all of God. So I'm going to leave you with that. There's way too much there for anybody to really think about right now. My channel is supposed to be simple. I'm supposed to be graduating you into this stuff, but I'm finding that there's more and more that's going to happen because of our vibrations raising. We're going to know more and more. So I just want you to know I'm a source of information that, again, only believe what you feel is right for you and what you feel is right for you to believe. We don't all know everything. And I'm open-minded and my beliefs change on the daily and I go by my own discernment. So whatever the other side is guiding me to learn and know in this now moment, I can share with you. And maybe you're watching because you're ready to learn certain things in this now moment and you want to go research and figure things out for yourself and sit and meditate on it and see what your guides and your angels say as well. So again, if you are having problems with any of the darker entities, please, unless you're experienced, don't do it yourself. Do not attempt exorcism on upper level demonic entities or whatever without help so whether you go to a church or not seek help from a church seek, seek help from people that know what they're doing and you know just again research people and there are groups out there that are willing to help you so <laughs> i will finally let you go and i hope you enjoy the prayer of exorcism as well as saint michael's prayer and the psalms so uh, good luck with that and email me if you need help or if you have any questions. But seriously, do some own digging yourself and research. And there is something to be said about being a demonologist and knowing about this stuff before you actually perform it. And many times you're just a bystander and you're not a part of the action. So just being able to pray and call into being your angels and your angelic support is all you need. 
Okay, so um, with that, a love and light, and I will see you next time. Thank you. everyone, Liz Lovegood here. I wanted to thank you personally for listening to this podcast. If you could take a few moments to subscribe and rate this podcast, it would be extremely helpful in helping this podcast grow. Also, if you could share this with others, it would be very helpful as well. If you would like more information about the topics presented or if you would like to reach out, check us out at lovegoodholistic.com where I will be posting the videos of the podcast that you're listening to. My email information and contact information is up there as well. So again, that's lovegoodholistic.com. And if you really want to support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes, you can go to the link in the descriptor below, which is anchor.fm slash connected 5D slash support. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you enjoy.